Internet. I'm John Bailey, and welcome to Poke Cinema, the Pokemon movie retrospective series. During this series, I will revisit each Pokemon movie and feature-length special, providing some behind-the-scenes info as well as critiquing the individual movies. For those unfamiliar with the billion-dollar franchise that's still going strong for over 20 years, Pokemon, short for Pocket Monsters, was the creation of game designer Satoshi Tajiri. A fan of bug collecting, Tajiri came up with the idea for a game where a player had to fill out an encyclopedia of fantasy creatures that also required playing a variant version of the game with a friend, and raise the creatures you caught to become the strongest trainer. However, the fighting never hurt the creatures seriously, only fainted them, as Tajiri was adamant to add what he described as pointless violence to his video games. Originally thought up in 1989, Tajiri and his company Game Freak wanted to make use of the Game Boy's link cable feature, and it took Game Freak until 1996 to release the original games Pocket Monsters Red and Green. The games weren't perfect, the original Red and Green versions would later be fixed with Pocket Monsters Blue, which served as the base game for international releases, but they were massively successful in Japan and eventually worldwide. Following the success of the games, an anime adaptation was made in 1997 in Japan and licensed to four kids to dub in America to coincide with the American release of the Pokemon Red and Blue games in 1998. Pokemon was just as successful outside of Japan, if not more so, and on July 18, 1998, in Japan, the anime's first movie was released in theaters. A year later, on November 10th, 1999, the 4Kids dub was released by Warner Brothers in theaters. The film was a massive success, earning 7.6 billion yen, the equivalent of 7.7 billion yen after inflation, and is the equivalent of 73.4 million dollars as of 2020, and 85.7 million dollars, the equivalent of 135.2 million dollars accounting for inflation, in the US. So accounting for inflation between the two countries, uh, Pokemon for the first movie made about $208.6 million in today's money. It was also the number one movie in the U.S. box office for two weeks before being unseated by Toy Story 2. To date, it is the highest grossing anime film in the United States and the fourth highest grossing animated film based on a television show behind the Rugrats movie at number three, the Spongebob movie Sponge Out of Water at number two, and the Simpsons movie at number one. Not to mention that at this point, this was the only Pokemon movie to be remade, releasing on July 12, 2019 in Japan and coming onto Netflix in February of 2020. With all of that success behind it, how well does this film hold up? Alright for the most part. While the movie's success is more because it was released at the height of the Pokemon phenomenon in the late 90s, the 4Kids dub is still iconic, flaws and all. They recognized the themes of existentialism with Mewtwo and leaned into it, showing that with all Mewtwo's power, he never had purpose beyond what humans made him do. And when all he knew from his birth is that his massive power still meant he was subservient to humans, it made him irate and vengeful towards those who used him to their own ends. It isn't until he sees Ash willingly give his own life that he sees humanity isn't worth destroying, at least not yet. What stinks is the best part of Mewtwo's backstory was hidden in the special features of the direct-to-video sequel. In the Japanese version of the movie, we see Mewtwo interacting as a child psychically with clones of the Kanto starters and the clone of Dr. Fuji's daughter, Amber. Dr. Fuji, while not being named, is the creator, the one who looks like Dr. Wily for some reason. 
During that time, the other clones become unviable and die, and instead of helping Mewtwo deal with the loss of his first ever friends, Fuji erases his memory, meaning when Mewtwo wakes up, he feels this great emotional pain and has no idea why, and he never learns why. It's such a powerful pathos that American audiences never got to see. I've mentioned this in other projects, but when I planned on starting a Pokemon-themed YouTube channel, I initially wanted to make video essays about Pokemon-related topics. While that never panned out, my first video was going to be about probably the biggest meme to come from this movie. The Pokemon weren't meant to fight, not like this line. So many people, especially reviewers Suede and Linkara, mock this line, and while it's melodramatically delivered and ripe for mockery, Nurse Joy has a point. Pokemon weren't meant to engage in literal blood sport. One of Tajiri's biggest design choices was to have Pokemon faint from battle, not die. Battles knock Pokemon out, like they're in a martial arts tournament or less in a fight to the death. And Mewtwo states to Mew that he is blocking the Pokemon's special abilities, i.e. their special attacks, their water attacks, their wind attacks, you know, their elemental-themed attacks, through his psychic powers. And what we're seeing is the opposite of what Tajiri intended, and what groups like PETA have claimed the series is about. Blood sport. Fighting each other until one of them dies. I will admit having that explanation be made in the blink-and-you'll-miss-it line didn't help, but I just bring it up since it's impossible not to with this movie. I think my biggest gripe with the movie is the reliance on the prophecy and chosen one storyline. I can't speak for the original Japanese version, but having the plot revolve around a prophecy makes me less interested. I'll talk about this more in Pokemon the Movie 2000, but Chosen One prophecy stories have been done to death in fantasy, and they kind of feel like a lazy way to get the plot rolling. So to have the whole Storm and Pokemon Tears thing be because of a prophecy makes it far less interesting to me. Personally, I feel like having Mewtwo be the one to save Ash, maybe with Mew's help, would have been way better, but the tears bit comes from the original Japanese, and it wasn't like four kids could commission a better ending at that point. I also need to commend the animators for their work. While some bits feel on par with the show, the idea of like people just standing there with their mouths flapping, the fight scenes and Ash's rescue of Pikachu from the clone machine are gorgeously drawn. We even get to see some bits of CGI in the anime. I think it's the first one in the anime itself. It, even if 4Kids does get the names wrong for those bits. I'll compare the animation more when we cover the remake, but that's one of the reasons I feel like this version is better than the remake. As nostalgic as this movie is for people, it really isn't one of my favorites. It's got some great moments, especially Meowth's and Mewtwo's lines about the meaning of life, which somehow got picked up by Herman Cain during his presidential runs, go figure. But on the whole, this movie is pretty forgettable. Aside from the opening battle, whenever Mewtwo isn't on the screen, the movie isn't all that good. Mewtwo is what makes this movie what it is, and even then there's still room for improvement. But I'm not sure how much of that we got in the remake. We'll get to that eventually. With the first movie being so successful, it was inevitable they would do another one. But would it be as good? We'll find out next episode when we'll cover Pokemon the Movie 2000, The Power of One. Until then... Thanks for listening.